Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Run for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. In the great city of Richmond, Virginia, 1101. Welcome aboard, Michael Phillips. Here it is, MP on the mic. It's a Monday morning, October 30th, a misery Monday. Slasher, we stopped the tush push Monday. No other NFL team could do it, but the Washington Commanders rose to the challenge and shut down the Philadelphia Eagles' greatest contribution to football since the leather helmet. The tush-push is dead at FedEx Field. They stopped it on the one-yard line. The Eagles fumbled, and then the next time they lined up in that formation, they didn't even try it. They faked it. They ran it around. Bunch of cowards. Bunch of cowards wouldn't even try the tush-push on the greatest defensive line ever assembled until they have to, you know, get after an opposing quarterback or create pressure or win a football game or allow fewer than 38 points. There there were quibbles. There were quibbles along the way. There were quibbles. We will quibble. We will talk about the trade deadline in the next segment coming up. More Commanders talk ahead. At 11.30, we'll, we'll go into the replay situation, which was weird twice, uh, once on Ron once on the officials. I don't know if anybody cares about that, but I do. So we're going to break it down because it's my radio program. That is what we do. Tons of fun this weekend in the world of sports. And I want to start with a shout out to Gary Hess and Coach Chris, who called uh, what was maybe one of the best high school games in a while, Highland Springs Verina on Saturday. Verina, freshman quarterback, goes up 14 0. And uh, Highland Springs rallies back, scores a late touchdown to win it. East End throwdown, always a ton of fun out there. Uh, it was good to hear those guys on the call. Well, I was driving around Saturday, getting the Halloween prep going, ready. Tomorrow's the night. Uh, if you're ready, we'll um, maybe maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do some Halloween shtick tomorrow. We'll we'll rank some candies or draft some candies or something. You know, just 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 to get in the spirit, just 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 to do it. Got you covered, Michael. I'm already drumming something up for you. You're already uh, JC's already drumming something up for us. All right, there Spooky we. Spooky season. It's my favorite. There we go. Is it truly your favorite season? Favorite holiday? Oh, absolutely. I mean, other than you know, just love the way fall looks and feels. By this time of the year, I'm tired of being hot, so I'm glad that it's cool again. And football and Thanksgiving and of course Halloween. You can dress up as whatever crazy thing you want to, and you don't have to. Uh, it's not age restricted. I don't care what they say. I say it's age restricted. Uh, so you can we we can we can debate that another time. Saturday night VCU basketball in exhibition mode. Five thousand at the Siegel Center. Can't wait to get Awan's thoughts on this. I know he was there doing the halftime show. Uh, we'll get his thoughts during Awan Radio. Hundred and ten to fifty VCU takes Mars Hill. That's not the impressive part. You knew they'd score a lot of points, but man, that offense was humming. They were efficient. They were shooting well. They were in motion. Uh, eight, Just eight players 
on the court, eight players in the rotation for the Rams. That's obviously a much smaller rotation than we're used to seeing. We know Sean Bairstow's out. The other Utah State transfer, Max Shulga, also sent out the game with, with back spasms, according to the team. Now, uh, Ryan Odom was on with our guy Robbie Robinson, part of the official VCU broadcast. You can hear it right here every game night on 910 The Fan. He was asked about replacing Bearstow and what that's going to look like in VCU's rotation this year. Yeah, I mean, certainly Michael Bell, he'll be in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, he started in the scrimmage as well, um, uh, most recently last weekend. And uh, and so it's a huge opportunity for for him, you know, in his freshman season. I, I doubt that he expected to come in with the veterans that we have on this team, uh, you know, and, and, and become a starter, you know, this early in his career. But that that is the best teacher and the best, uh, you know, learn – opportunity to learn you learn through making mistakes on the court you know as opposed to watching somebody else do it and so I'm excited for him devastated for Sean you know Sean you know has been through this before uh you know he's a resilient guy I know he's gonna he's gonna bounce back extremely strong he's 12 days in now he's already counting the days and uh I know he can't wait to get back out there with his teammates there you have it Uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom you'll hear him Every game on the pregame right here on 910. The Fan 105.1 FM. We'll look forward to the calls. We're now one week away from VCU basketball opening night. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch play this year. Jason Nelson, 21 points in the exhibition. Zeb Jackson, 20 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds. That's a pretty good stat line right there. Pulled in his 6 rebounds off of the defensive boards. Fats Billups. 29 minutes. It's uh, up and down the roster. I like what I'm seeing. But, yeah, Michael Bell starting. Did not see that coming a couple of months ago. Didn't have that one on my bingo card. But game tw- game 24 good minutes, and you've got an easy schedule here in the sense that I you should probably be able to ease into this season. McNeese State minus Will Wade next Monday, then Samford and Radford and Seattle before you get out to Orlando to that tournament, uh, which I think we're all fired up to see against Iowa State, maybe Virginia Tech, maybe Penn State out there. That's going to be a ton of fun. So VCU basketball season has started. You know we're going to talk VCU basketball all the time on this program on AWOD Radio. Nowhere better in Richmond to talk VCU Rams basketball than right here on 910 the fan but it was also a college football weekend and it was also a banner weekend for my alma mater the university of kansas with a win so big they had not done anything of this caliber since the year before i was born three seconds separating kansas from a moment of historical significance three-step drop gabriel steps up lobs to the end zone it's tipped in the air and knocked away ku's gonna win it ku's gonna win oklahoma goes down and for the first time in nearly 30 years kansas with a regular season top 10 victory and they beat the sooners 38 33 you can rock chalk it up the Jayhawks win. That has nothing to do with anything. I just, you know, when you when it, when you feel that good, you got to play the clip on the air. That's the deal. I I take so much crap in this town being a University of Kansas uh, alum because you go anywhere in America, and I think people are are largely wildly indifferent to the state of Kansas if they have opinions at all. 
sometimes they have to work themselves up to indifference. We're not, we're not polarizing. We're not the Philadelphia Eagles fans at FedEx Field most of the time. But I moved to the one city in America where the basketball team beat them to go to the Final Four, and the other basketball team in town, the Spiders, beat them when they were number one and had like a trillion game winning streak at home. So I get to hear about those things a lot. So you get to hear about Kansas beating Oklahoma this weekend, which was a huge favor to the college football playoff picture, by the way, because we had legit contenders from all five conferences, and this is the last year of, of four make the playoffs. So somebody had to get nudged off. If Florida State's going to keep running the table, and I think they will, and you have to take an SEC team, you have to take Michigan or Ohio State, you have to take a Pac-10 team this year, that had only left one spot for Oklahoma or Florida State. So Florida State's got to run the table now. Otherwise, we're right back where we started. You're picking between the two of them. Uh, Local kids, we shout out local kids as well. Chris Tyree for Notre Dame getting the Irish on the board. Punt is away. High spiraling punt. Backing up Tyree to his own 18. Catches it. Cuts back to the middle. Drilled. Breaks a tackle. Gets out to the 20. Still on his feet. 30. 35. Middle of the field. He'll do it. Running by himself. Middle of the field. 20. 10. Touchdown Notre Dame. Yes, sir. Chris Tyree with the touchdown Notre Dame. Throttles pit 56-7. But the action in the Commonwealth was... Uh, two good performances by one team that we expected it from and, and one that I think we still uh, still did not expect it from to a large extent, and that's that's UVA. That's the Cavaliers, and the Wahoos went down to Miami, backed up their talk after a win over North Carolina on, on the road, uh, one of the biggest wins in school history down there, top 10 win. Uh, they, they gave Miami a game, and there were moments there we thought maybe they were going to be able to get it done. There was uh, a, a non a non call in overtime after Miami got it there with the late field goal. Twenty nine twenty six was the final score, and, and the results not hugely important here because this is not a team that's going to make a bowl game. This was not a team that was going to shoot its way up any charts. But after what was really a you know, a, a stretch where I, I think it was fair to say maybe Tony Elliott's in over his head as UVA's coach. He steadied the ship. The William and Mary game, obviously the win at North Carolina, that's a respectable showing against a respectable team. And as you look forward, you say, okay, maybe maybe Tony Elliott's cooking something here. Maybe maybe those were growing pains, and you know, certainly he'll get a chance to prove that at the end of November against Virginia Tech. But here he is on the team's growth and, and what they showed in a 29-26 loss to Miami. Just just overall, starting to see offensively, we're playing a little bit more consistent. You know, obviously still uh, got got areas we got to clean up. But overall, I think you, you're seeing a little bit more rhythm, you know, offensively. Um, and defense is, is scrapping, man. They're playing a bunch of young guys over there, and they're continuing to find ways to get stops. You know, I think if, if any of us said that we were going to overtime with that football team, man, we would have took it. Now it's three years in a row that it goes down to the last play of the game. Uh, so, so hopefully next year uh, it's, not that, it's not that situation. But, um, man, proud of my football team. Man, the, the, the coach 
coaches and the players, the resilience, you know, how they've continued to fight. Uh, I think it's just uh, just evidence of the quality of the individuals that we have uh, on the staff and in that locker room that, man, they're going to show up and they're going to fight regardless of the circumstances. And I think, you know, for us to, to go where I believe this program can go, that's the mindset that we have to have, that it's about competitive stamina. We're not worried about a circumstance. And I see progress uh, each uh, each week. All right, that was UVA coach Tony Elliott, and there's still work to be done, right? That's still a team that, you know, embarrassed itself, and and the coaching was really rough early in the year. But you you say there have been instances where guys learn on the job and grow on the job and grow into it, and I'm I'm not ready to go there yet. But I got to acknowledge, right, I was hard on the guy earlier this year. And I was hard on the guy because he was bad at coaching football earlier this year. But there are instances where you get a young coach, he's not ready for the job, and he grows into it over a period of a couple of years. And I think he'll be the coach next year now. He's locked that in. He's given, him the ch- he's given himself the chance to grow into the gig, to build something there. I think you don't, you don't get to forget what happened early in the year. You don't, you don't forget... Those, those botched time management decisions, the Hail Marys, the Boston College game, the JMU game where they couldn't hold the lead late, which would have looked even better now. You, you don't forget those things, but you say you, you've seen the growth and you see the fight, and Miami game the latest example of that, taking them to overtime down there, uh, down there in Miami. A tough team, a high-quality team, certainly better athletes than UVA. And, and to follow up the North Carolina game with that, now all they have is opportunities to prove themselves coming up. That's all they've got because it's Georgia Tech this weekend at home, 2 o'clock kick, and then you got Louisville, Duke, and the Hokies to finish it off. Nothing but good teams down the stretch. November 25th, get that date circled, Commonwealth Clash somebody's going to win and go into the offseason feeling good, and somebody's going to feel very bad going into the offseason. There's no there's no in-betweens available this year. Some year there are shades of gray in that Tech-UVA game. There are not this year. And shout-out to JMU. We mentioned them earlier. Big win over Old Dominion defense. Holding, holding tight down the stretch. Much more on the Dukes, of course, throughout the week. We always love talking about them as the best football program in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But when we come back, we're now, uh, what are we? We're about 29 hours from the NFL trade deadline. All way in on what the commanders should do. Do you move Chase Young? Do you move Montez Sweat? And I'm going to throw Jacoby Brissett's name in this conversation. That is on the other side of this. You are listening to 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. 